Today is Sunday, July 9th, 2017. This is episode 44 of Maelstrom Radio. Maelstrom Radio. With your hosts, Flatus and Shinder. And welcome everybody to Maelstrom Radio. Uh, my name is Flatus. With me, Shin's not here. <laughs> so, um, Shin is out of town for work purposes. And, uh, so with me, this host, uh, I did have something written for you. <laughs> so, you know. Oh, 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 no, please go on. Go on. I want to hear this. Perfect. Good. <laughs> this host, I don't, I feel bad. Oh, you're so nice. This is the first time I'm like, he's so nice. I don't want to do the joke. No, 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 no. Please go ahead. Be, be as mean as you like. I, I, lo- I, I welcome your hatred, your anger, your awfulness. All right. Fine. All right. Uh, this host has spent more time w- waiting in queue than he has playing the game. It's Scarlet. It's true. It's just, it was more of a true statement than an actual arts joke. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. It's all good. It's okay. Listen, sometimes sometimes I just make just poignant <laughs> observations. Um <laughs> Hi everybody. Welcome to Maelstrom Radio. My name is Flatus. Uh and today I have a special guest. It's uh, Scarlet. And Scarlet, uh tell everybody who you is and what you do. Who I is? I is Scarlet. Um you may know me from other podcasts like uh Phoenix Down Radio. Uh you may know me from Twitter. Otherwise you ain't going to know a damn thing about me cuz I'm not on regular podcasts normally. But today I'm guesting, so you know what? I'm here. Let's have a good time. I, I hear maybe you do like freelance writing for a certain site. I wouldn't say writing. I do freelance, but not writing. But uh, yeah, I, I I work with the community uh, stuff on IGN.com. So I do have some connection there. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and he's got a bird. So just as so everyone knows. A, a bird that will guest in this podcast throughout, tonight, yeah. you know, say hi to Ruby. That's a great name. <laughs> Yeah, what yeah. what type of bird is Ruby? She is a sun conure, so she's really beautiful, really small, but really, really loud. I'm loud and gorgeous. Pay attention to me. Essentially, yeah. All right. Good enough. She I, agrees. I, 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 I'm not. <laughs> so, so I'm still loud there. So let's... 
let's uh, let's jump right into uh, our our my. Well, it's really just me. I really have nothing. <laughs> Shin's not here, so um, so uh, we started streaming more this week, and I, I, I developed a schedule. I said I was do that last week, and I did that. And I posted it, and I I adhered mostly to that schedule. Other times than when I was stuck in Florida traffic, or when I got you know surprise punched by a meth addict. <laughs> so. That did happen. It happens every day. That that part is true. I uh, I was going into Seven Eleven and a uh, drunk or meth head was like, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? And then he just punches me in the clavicle because he missed my face, luckily. And then he jumps into a car and takes off. So that was uh, that was my yesterday. <laughs> well, uh, you know, you know, okay. I've gone to Seven Eleven like every day, just about for about ten years. And I have never been punched by a meth addict. So I, I want to give you kudos on that. You, you found something unique on, on a random adventure to the convenience store. Bravo. <laughs> I, uh, it's not every day <laughs> that I, uh, <laughs> I get punched by a meth addict. But when I do, I make sure that it's both hilarious and on Twitter. And also the sheriff was very nice. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, they're like, like, do you think we're gonna catch this guy? They're like, probably not. You know how many meth addicts are in this bum? I was like, good point. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Didn't have to tell I'm you not more sure than how that. comfortable I'd be by that info either. <laughs> yeah, listen, I put, I posted this on Twitter, but it's true. Don't come to Florida if you live in Florida. If you're one of our listeners, you probably agree that this place is Thunderdome. Okay, <laughs> two men enter, one man leaves. <laughs> Welcome to Florida. <laughs> anyway, uh, so. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, so you guys know, um, I'm streaming Final Fantasy 14 on the Maelstrom Radio site. Uh, this is because we got a sub button, and I want to thank. Still, I, I, we appreciate. We have, we're up to 11 subscriptions, uh, and that's phenomenal. That is shocking to me that people want to pay us to do this, and not only this, but also the other stuff, like the extra streams and stuff. I, I, I want to earn that subscription, so I'm going to stream more. Um, I'm also going to stream a variety of games because I'm not dumb. Streaming a variety of games gets more views, more views, more people interested in me, us and Final Fantasy XIV. It, it's a thing. So I'm streaming Darkest Dungeon, Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, Friday nights is game night, so if you are, uh, if you want to come here, uh, usually I think we, like last week we had Leak Weeble. We had a few people from the FC. We were all playing Jackbox party games. It was freaking hilarious. So if you want to come play Quiplash or Fibbage or or uh, murder trivia party or anything like that come hang out on friday nights if you want to do game nights leak is also in chat so she, Hi, leak. yeah so she could she could absolutely tell you how much fun we had uh, on game night so if that's something you want to be a part of that is something that we do with our audience um you can hang out with us and all you need is your smartphone or you're sitting at your pc we give you the code you just hop in and you can play it's up to eight players for some of it so it's a lot of fun it was we had a blast um so there's not much more than that. We did, uh, you know, the FC beat Omega. That's not big, but we're going to talk more about that later. <laughs> um, right now, the only news that we have this week that I saw, uh, and if Scarlet, you can always hop in and tell me if there was anything else, but I didn't see anything else. That there is going to be a live letter for the producer uh, on July 15th uh, at some ungodly time in the morning. So it's, uh, it's like 5 a.m. Eastern or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's so. 530 in the morning here. So <laughs> yeah, good luck staying up for that. <laughs> so, oh, no, I'll wake I'll wake up and I'll be like, geez. And I'll be like, I should have just slept because I could have just gotten all the information from Marco and 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 Gamerscape. But you know what? 
I feel like if they're gonna do the work and I can't translate Japanese, I'm just gonna show up and and stare at my screen and you know die sleeping my computer. It's done in it's done in good faith. So you know, I mean, you're you're doing it for the community. Think of it as a, a noble sacrifice. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, that's the, yep, that's, that's, welcome to Maelstrom Radio, we're just a noble sacrifice. <laughs> we're all about that nobility here. Uh, sp- speaking of, oh god, I don't want to transition that way, that's horrible, speaking of sacrifice, I feel so bad, oh, I feel so bad, oh no, uh, why? Oh, no. <laughs> um, ignore that part. <laughs> But I'm going to have to make an ask, and I'm going to make this ask because, uh, like last week, I uh, I said um, I give a shout-out to JVNKCat for her art and her commission because I think she does great work, and I still think she does great work, so I think you should still go check that out if you want a commission of your character or for an uh, an avatar or whatever, or website if you want, need something, or if you're, if you're a Twitch streamer and you want an avatar, go see her. She does great work. Or the same for uh, the... The stage reborn and the uh, the fact that those those folks need a laptop so that they can continue doing what they do with Final Fantasy 14 and putting on theater. Um, this time, this is a little different. Uh, uh, Angry Cinnamon Bun or Cinna on uh, Twitter. Uh, she does art. Um, she's a great person in the community. She's fun to talk to, and her parents need help. And she set up a, a GoFundMe uh, <laughs> secretly to help her parents. And I donated to it, and usually, if I, if I, and I've said this last week, if I do something on the show, it's because I'm putting my money into it, and I think that it's a good cause, and this is a good cause, so um, you're going to see it on our Twitch stream, I'm going to keep it in there until it's funded. So, as long as we're live and we're streaming, you're going to see the link to Cinna's uh, GoFundMe page for her parents. Uh, the the uh, audio cast you guys are listening. It's www.gofundme.com forward slash Cinna Parent Relief Fund. That's all one word. Go in, give a dollar. If you can't give money, and I understand some people can't, share it. Just share the link and and spread the word. Because uh, the one thing I like about gamers and and the gaming community and and any it doesn't I mean. We're, we have some of the biggest hearts. I mean, you look at Humble Bundle, you look at Extra Life. The, there's never been a time where I've ever looked at like what gaming communities can do and and donating money. So this is somebody who whose parents are deeply in need, and I you know, a dollar helps, sharing helps, word of mouth helps, everything helps. Um, so you know, do a good deed, spread the word, give a dollar if you can, and you know, help somebody out. Yeah, because I mean, Cinna. Yeah, I, I know her as well um, through Twitter, and she's always been really friendly, really kind to everybody. She does a lot of great commission work. She contributes a lot to the community as well, and she's helped out others. So it's kind of one of those situations where you know, help out one of your own. And yeah. if you got, if you have the money, if you have the opportunity, even even if it's just sharing a retweet or something like that, just let the message be known. Yeah, absolutely. It's it, anything helps. Like, I don't think like well. A dollar's not gonna. A dollar helps. Like that's one dollar closer to the thing. Or like, like there's power in words, my friends. There are very much. Listen, I do a podcast. I know this, for example. Like there are very much power in words. So if you think spreading the word is not gonna help, it absolutely does. Because even though you may not have a dollar, you may have a friend that's like, hey, that's a good cause. Here's a here's a buck. They may not even know her, and then some people are just generous and reach in their own pocket and just give. 
So that's where we're, every bit helps. Yep. So speaking of helping, let's <laughs> let's let's help ourselves to talking about Omega because all right, woo, <laughs> man. <laughs> Uh, I was listening. Uh, so new, it's rare that I ever say that I, I listen. You know, I, I'm like I listened to this podcast earlier today and did that. Like I don't want to, I don't want you guys to think that I'm, I'm basing my opinion on on somebody else's show and what they do. But I did call into Limit Break Radio earlier, um, and I will I'll, I'll I'll share my thoughts with the entire like the raid as a whole. But uh, I did break it down by boss, and we'll, we'll talk about the mechanics and the difficulty and the fights, and is it fun? But I think we should break. Let's before we talk about Omega as a whole thing. Let's let's jump in and talk about the thing, and then at the end we'll we'll kind of talk about raid structure and stuff like that. Is that cool with you, Scar? Yeah, it sounds good to me. Perfect. Let's let's jump into Altiroit, uh, which is actually supposed to be an old man from Final Fantasy V who summons the the serpent. So I was a little confused. I was like, well, I was waiting for an old man the whole time. I was like, where's the old dude? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, no, we just he, they just changed names. So uh, very first boss in there. Um, what did you think of it? I uh, mechanics wise. Well, I should say before the, the fight even started, I actually wasn't 100 percent sure we were going to FF5 with Omega. Really? But I, yeah, I, I, I wasn't before the fight. I saw the um, Alteroid before, you know, in the cutscenes before that, and in the instance before that. And I was actually thinking we were going to fight something like Every from uh, Final Fantasy X or some of the other games like that. All right. I, I, that, was, that was my first guess. But then we got to the fight, we got Alteroid, and I'm like, okay, we're doing FF5. We're, we're, we're good here. So I, I got instantly excited because, like, okay, they're doing this. They're actually going to start referencing the other games in the series for this raid tier. So I, I was really excited. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I, I I am as well. Like I know a lot of people sentiments are uh you know they're they're reaching into the nostalgia bag. Um and that's fine. I, I, I get that sometimes you have to. I, I, I think a lot of it is I wanna say a lot of this may be due to the thirtieth anniversary of Final Fantasy. Um between Ivelisse and now Omega. I, I think that may have played into their their thoughts of designing the raid tier going into this expansion a little bit. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It kind of seems like it's a bit of a letter of love, this expansion towards some of the older games in the series, and matches up pretty well timing-wise with the 30th anniversary. So, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Uh, so, that being said, also, real quick, uh, I'm not going to spoil the story, but, man, my... My my dudes my dudes back and anybody that listens to the show you know who talk, you know who I'm talking about yeah I I'm just gonna say certain interactions between said dude and other said dude are uh, the best part of the raid so far for me yeah yeah that's probably yeah same same uh all right what did I call them on Twitter and <laughs> uh 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 hollow notes I was like yeah it's like. <laughs> To tell, I can't. I don't want to say. Well, he does look like Daryl Hall with that feathery hair. I'm just saying. Uh, I can see a slight resemblance there. Yeah. Right. 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 And then like a blonde oats. <laughs> blonde oats. Uh, all right. So Alti Ray, uh, mechanics wise, uh, did you think the mechanics were? I, I think they they mechan. All right. Yeah. Mechanics wise, 
they they there was an ease in to to a raid boss i think this time around yeah i would say it was a uh, pretty simple mechanic wise a lot of stuff we've more or less seen before um a lot of AOE dodging. If you could do a lot, most of that, you were fine throughout the fight. And it, even if you did die or make a mistake or two, it was really easy to fix it and revive and still get through without any wipes. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> you're not you're not lying <laughs> about that. Um, you could easily tell that they put a, a lot more thought of the the type of difficulty, like the tuning, and you could tell like the mechanic, like since since a lot. Like and Shin and I discussed this. Like a lot of the dungeons were very mechanic heavy. Like even look at Bard of Metal, where the second boss is just a mechanics boss. Like so, mm-hmm. they are really getting on their game of we have to make tight mechanics. Like because you, you can't, like you can't make like go in and say we're gonna start making better mechanics and then not deliver on that. And I, I think the fact that they even even attempted a mechanics boss, like it's something like Bard of Metal, is a good sign. Of where the raid's gonna go, um, so Alteroit was uh, uh, an ease into what what is uh, a good starting raid boss. So I will even say this: like if you've not, if you're afraid of raiding, if you've not raided, or I would say Alteroit probably, I would say go take it a chance. It's it's easier than Ex Suzano or Lakshmi. Uh, because we did it first day, like we grabbed the FC, we ran in there, and that was, like we did all four bosses in that day. I think we wiped the most on the last boss, and we'll get there. Yeah, I'd say that it's a story mode is story mode, and it's a great opportunity if you want to get the story of Omega started. This is the way to go through it. You can pug it if you need to. It's more fun to do with an FC or group of friends if you got them around. But either way, you can get through it pretty fast. Uh, my group ended up going through all four in about an hour and a half. We didn't end up wiping, but we had a few deaths. But yeah, I mean, it, it was relatively painless. Oh, yeah. Um, so what did you think? Like, we, we talked a little bit of the difficulty, but did you think it was... I mean, did you think it was a good starting point? Do you think it could have been a little more difficult? Or do you think that was, like, perfect? This is, like, like anybody that's ever had fear of raiding or, like, raid anxiety, like, this was a perfect jump in. I thought it was a pretty good jump in because, like I said, you know, there were mechanics that you could miss and mess up on. But a lot of it was dodging. And if, you know, God forbid you did mess up on them, it was pretty forgiving about fixing it. We had a point in the fight where it has like one of those attacks that drops everybody's HP really low. Uh, we had a point like that in the fight and, you know, uh, the healers didn't correct it and t- or get the heals in time. A couple of people died from the next attack. but And we had like... Four people left. We still got through the fight without any real problem, and we were able to recover. And I mean, our group wasn't—it uh, wasn't a casual group. I would say it's more close to a regular raid group. But even for people just starting out, people who have no experience in it, it's a type of fight that really can let you get into the swing of things. Yeah, absolutely. And it was stuff like mechanics you saw all the time, like where you get close to the boss, avoid pushback, you know, avoid, you know, dodge the the elementals like the orbs and stuff like that just to make sure you're not getting hit um it was it, it, like it's a simple fight easy to get into um so you know was was it a fun fight i i'd say yeah i'd, I'd say it was a nice little nice little like starter boss dungeon like, like starter boss raid you know 
I liked it as an initial fight because it kept you moving throughout the fight. It wasn't a fight where you kind of just stand still or just do one or two things. Like if you go back to Alexander and A1, the first fight was really boring and a lot of it involved kind of just standing around hitting the boss or two bosses when the second one came out. But this fight was more like you could move around throughout it. There was a lot of everybody kind of, you kind of had to keep on your toes to avoid the AOEs. And uh, yeah, I thought it was a pretty enjoyable time. Actually, I will say that a lot about the uh, Alexander fights. I'll even say that a lot about the the like. And someone's gonna say blasphemy, but you know, I'll even go back to <laughs> to the old uh, Bahamut raids and uh, the Binding Coil. Uh, a lot of the like, a lot of those fights. I mean, you have to look at like, oh, it was tuned difficult. Yeah, it was it was tuned to be difficult, but the the mechanics weren't hard. Um, and I, you know, if you want to come at me and say like elitist, I'm like, no, I just, I, I rated in WoW and I rated on a lot of other MMOs. Just, I know what mechanics are. Like, I'm just an MMO veteran at this point. And <laughs> like, I just like, all right, well, none of this is super difficult. It's just tuned to be difficult. Um, where this is more of, it's not tuned to be difficult. You just, you have to pay attention to the mechanics or you can die. Like there are those points, like you said, there's those points where like your health drops really low. So your healers have to be on that, like, you know, like shielding or, or, you know, getting everybody back up to, to a reliable health point um, and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, good start, good starting point. Loved it. Uh, let's move on to, and I, and I will say this. Catastrophe. Yes. <laughs> catastrophe. Woo. Man, I saw this guy. I was like, "Hey!" I was like, "That's cool. We're fighting assists. Let's get in there and see, <laughs> see what this guy's doing." And I saw the like the little button. I was like, "Oh snap! Gravity mechanics. Let's see what's going on here." Yeah, my first reaction to the fight was that we were finally getting our hentai fight of the tier <laughs> uh, earlier than expected, but we were getting one. Um, and there were a lot of tentacles in there this were. Fight. But um, I actually went in this fight. I had no clue what I was doing, and I saw the action button, and I was like, you know, I hated real the first time I did. I didn't know what I was doing with that. I don't know what the hell I'm doing with this. Fuck it, I'm gonna try it anyway, and let's see how it goes. Yet, yet again, the mechanics here were super interesting, and I loved it. I, th- I thought it was super interesting because it's like now they're they, now they weren't playing on here's the ground and you're just using this to avoid crap now here's the ground oh also we're going to throw stuff that's up above too so now you have two different levels of you be on the ground but there's like a once like we figured out there was one safe spot in the middle to avoid all of it you had Mm -hmm. to like run there it was like regardless if you were floating or not um so yeah it was like leak had it right loved working out the gravity yeah like you had to figure out like when was the perfect? When was the best time for me to float, and when was it time for me to stay on the ground? And I thought that was really interesting. Yet again, playing with that that, and then the use of the whole arena, which it wasn't like all right, you tank the boss on this side, but like you, I was watching, like when he would do the uh, line AOEs, like based on where people were sitting, the conal. And like mm-hmm. you would sit there and like like we did, we were at first we we're like people were spread out and they're like why is this thing hitting us like we have no place to go and they're like wait a minute stack and then <laughs> then they realize like oh shit <laughs> then it's like it gave you like a little bit of space on the left and right side and I was like that's that's genius that's a smart way of using the entire arena and making like using the different planes like the Z axis like the up and down mm-hmm. and I was like that's really smart like if we can get more of that I'm down like I would be down for stuff like that where it's like using more than just this and this so i liked um that it was a really clever fight 
in terms of like mechanics, like you mentioned, it starts off and you think, okay, I'm going to need to be in gravity the whole time. Cause the first few attacks are all ones that hit the ground and they're in, you know, you, you're kind of thinking, okay, I got to stay up. I got to stay up. But then as it goes on, eventually it's like, nah, you ain't going to be able to stay up here this whole time. You got to know when to go up, when to go down, when to go middle. And then you have to know when the tentacles pop up, which are the ones has the right, has the eye missing. So stack there. Like it, it kind of, as the fight goes on, it gives you more and more things to look out for. And you have to, you know, especially the first time you kind of just have to trial by error and learn it. But as you go on, it gives you like, you start seeing, okay, you start learning, you start getting it. And eventually the mechanics become easier and easier to handle and the fight becomes easier itself. But that first time, yeah, that first time is, uh, it was a rough one. <laughs> yeah, same for us. We were like, we were, we were just consistently floating. Like, we we're like, I guess we just have to stay in the air. Not realizing that the white orbs were above us and the, the purple orbs were on the floor. We we're like, why are we taking so much damage? Why? And then like half of us were floating. The other half were not. We're like, we're always dying. <laughs> why are we always like, we're trying to figure it out. And then eventually, and the same with the tentacles. Like, I was like, all right, guys, wait, we think we like there was one point where we all like we, like we got this. Everyone stack on the eyes, <laughs> and, we're, and we're like, "Damn, we're like, dude, we just ate all that damage." I was like, "Well, that's not it." So like, it was really fun. Like, yeah, you're right. And once you figured it out, then it wasn't so bad. But like, when you start realizing, like, oh, they were playing. Like, we had it. Like, my like one of uh, one of my FC mates rolled through, and it was like, "All right," he, he found like a guide, and it was like, "All right." Yo, the white, like, because we couldn't figure out the white purple orb thing for the life of us. We're mm-hmm. like, oh, wait a minute. He's like, they're on two different planes. And we're like, ah. <laughs> so that's when he discovered that there was a hole in the middle. And he was like, stand, stand right here. I'm like, in this little sliver. Perfect. So, uh, so uh, the mechanics were great. But uh, the difficulty of the fight, uh, do you think, it, uh, yet again, do you think it's just another, like, a nice step up from where Alteroit was? Uh, actually, I think it might even be a little too easy as a fight. And let me explain that one. Um, you know, the tentacle eye mechanic. Yeah. Our group went through that entire fight. Nobody knew that mechanic. Nobody followed that mechanic. Um, about four-fifths of the fight, it took us to realize the uh, up-and-down mechanic with the gravity. So we went through the fight. We made a ton of mistakes. We were hit by so many debuffs, so many attacks, and... At no point did we come even close really to die. We didn't, or we didn't wipe at all. We, we, you know, easily, the healers handled it easily. Everybody was able to get through the fight. So I think that fight might actually be tuned a little too low to the point that it's hard to really get killed in that fight. Not hard, but I mean, it's, it's not as punishing as it should be maybe. Okay. But do you think they maybe like reserved a little bit because of the, the idea the of yeah, because if they're like, all right, well, we're since we're playing with two different uh, planes here, like this, this, the floor, and then up floating above. Do you think they're like maybe we tune it back just a hair to to yeah. give people a chance? I, I think that definitely has a lot to do with it. Um, I expect if uh, when Savage comes out for that fight, that mechanic is going to be completely brutal, and they're going to be almost unfair <laughs> how difficult they make it. I have I have a feeling as well. I have a feeling when he does the uh, what is it the the hundred G or whatever to pull you down i think there is going to be a mm-hmm. lot they're going to expect a lot more out of you better know when you should be floating and when you should not be floating because <laughs> yeah because yeah. there is a lot of like leeway with like i'm floating oh okay i just well, i took some damage but i'm okay so mm-hmm. exactly yeah so uh all right well yet, yet again was it a fun fight um yeah i'd say so more for 
watching how badly we did running it than anything else. Like the mechanics are okay themselves, but it was kind of fun just watching the comedy of errors occur on screen. Agreed. Yeah. I think it was more fun with the group trying to figure out what the hell is going on half the time versus like, I mm-hmm. think the fight was fun. I think the hilariousness of us trying to figure out the eyes. And shit. Uh. All right. Well, that catastrophe, that's pretty much what like catastrophe, I think was pretty straightforward. Like it, like it, there, there wasn't much with catastrophe, but, the the next one. <laughs> oh ah, yes. The queen. Halicarnassus. Oh boy. What a blast. <laughs> Loved this oh fight. My god. That was by far my favorite fight of the floor, and I just oh god, that was so much fun. Yeah, um so real quick, Halicarnassus, if you have not done this, this is I would say if you've not stepped into rating yet. Do it for Halicarnassus just to see this fight. It is so intelligently done. Like, it, like, like I was and I was raiding in Warcraft when 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 Karazhan was the thing. We did the and I thought the chess game was fucking genius. I'm like, no, this beats the chess board game to me. <laughs> so, and if you anybody you played WoW, you're like chess board. Oh, I hate that fight. But I'm like, this was. You don't jump into machines and play chess. This is on a different level. You still fight the boss, but you play a board game while you're fighting the boss. And it's genius. Um, so well, not, not only one game, you play several board games. Yes, several. Yeah. The ones on the floor, and then you go in the special area in the Aether Terror, and then you play the little maze-like game, <laughs> which has RNG mechanics depending on where you're placed, and you have to try to figure out like, oh shit, I'm in the back corner, and I got to figure out how to get to that side now. But once yeah. you know the pa- once you know the pass, now my thing is, I wonder if in Savage do the pass like I wonder if they rotate and change and so. <laughs> So that would be my like to me. I think in Savage that would be an interesting thing to have them switch like spin or like mm-hmm. have have them have like like loop you back around and you're like haha fool <laughs> you didn't time it right. Um. Anyway, like so, so you right, have something in there, yeah. So I was gonna say that like okay, so like the the mechanics are like you you know she would start the fight and all of a sudden it was like all right well welcome to my board game you're like okay <laughs> like hello welcome all right and then uh, you would go through and the next thing you know the floor is just flipping over and then you're like all right and then you see like these blue and you're trying to figure it out and next thing you know I was getting poked in in my aura butt with giant spikes coming out of the ground I was like I didn't know how to stand in the blue I probably should have figured that out but I didn't at first and then I dragged her over and uh then she's like spawning a dragon ch- like chess piece and then next thing you know the board flips back over and then she's like you got to go ma- stay then you have to figure out she puts symbols of a shield to remember this a shield a sword a clover <laughs> and uh i don't i think it was another shield or another sword or it would depend sort. on the group sometimes it would be two two swords swords or, or a, a, like a like a arrow like a bone arrow i think um and then you'd have to s- sit in what like they were color coded as well so you're like if you were a tank you would sit in the blue if you were melee dps you would sit by the sword if you were a healer you'd sit in the clover and if you were a uh ranged damage you would sit in the arrow or whatever have you and i thought that was really interesting because it was like we were like wait a minute and then all of a sudden we were like, we were like oh wait a minute stand in your symbol stand in your symbol and i was like this is yeah. just fun like i i didn't mind dying because i just enjoyed myself playing that fight like if we did die we're like we don't care this is great <laughs> let's keep going yeah two two things about that um that part uh, like 
I, I was kind of lucky right away. I noticed it was similar to the various job classifications. So healer tank melee. Yeah. So I knew the, I knew how to handle that mechanic right away. What I didn't expect was the frog mechanic on top of it, which um, the first time she casts it, there's no frog in the field. You just got to make sure to get by her and not pay attention to the floor at first, get behind her. Then after that, go back to the, the floor, get on the right uh, symbol and then take the attack. But then later on, there's an actual mechanic where the floor turns all frog and you have to make sure you're in front of her for that attack. So you get turned into a frog and then take the next attack. Otherwise, if you don't get turned into a frog, you get hurt by the panels. Yep. Boy, did I love that. I loved when you're like, you're like, stand in front of her, save her, become a frog, become a frog. I was like, yeah, I'm a toad. I was so happy. You have no idea. Like when I run Palace of the Dead and ever like, oh, you got the toe trap. I'm the happiest person in the whole world. Like talk about like, I don't even give a shit. I'm just like, I'm a toad. I'm like I'm bouncing around. <laughs> like I'm so happy. I'm like, hey, I'm a frog, everybody. <laughs> and like people are dying. I'm like, I don't care. Frogging. <laughs> so the most fun I've had as a frog since Gilgamesh. <laughs> True, right? And that's the yeah. thing too. We're like, we saw the frog mechanic. And the thing is, like, my, my friend, uh, he, he's in the FC, he was like, he's like, Hal Carnassus, he's like, he's like, when he saw the name, he's like, I wonder if she's going to turn us into a frog. <laughs> it's like, I was like, yeah, that's right, she does turn people into frogs, and we're like, she, start, she started turning, actually, Hal Carnassus was, for the people that have played 5, Hal Carnassus was actually a dude in 5, uh, but they, they made her uh, the queen and a woman in this version. And uh, so, like, we were like, wait a minute, <laughs> there are, where are there are frog mechanics. And I was not, I was like, I'm really happy. Like, so there's one thing I could say about this, like, d d you know, because nostalgia is a powerful thing. And people that have never played Final Fantasy V, they probably won't pick up five. Maybe. I don't know. It's on Steam. Go get it if you want it. But I will say this. If you know those fights and you know those callbacks, it is very interesting to see that they said, hey, listen, we're going to take those mechanics from those fights and put them in an MMO way. And that was so cool. It was so smart. I loved it. I think it was nice because, you know, for those people who hadn't played five, it was just, okay, this is a cool fight. And, you know, I like the mechanics, whatever. But for those who had played the game before that, there was that added touch of, you know, oh, I see what you did. I see how you put that in. That That's clever. That's clever. I like that. <laughs> leak leak in chat <laughs> same mate jump forever she's right <laughs> you know what's up <laughs> frog time good time um so all right so halicarnassus the difficulty of halicarnassus uh what did you what did you think difficulty wise um i thought it was tuned pretty well to be honest uh it was a fight you could you could wipe in especially uh with the dragon ad if uh, the off tank didn't take that one up, it could really cleave the entire party and really just waste. I actually had a couple of pug parties after my first time through, got wiped through that. Um, but the actual fight itself, I mean, the mechanics were fun. They were punishing when they needed to be. You kind of had to figure out as you went along what you needed to do, but you could figure out it wasn't like so confusing that nobody knew what to do the entire fight, like with uh, Catastrophe. So I thought the, the fight was all around excellent. Yeah, uh, Halicarnassus to me is a perfect example of what a great raid uh, boss is. Um, much to me, much like how I praise Ozma, Halicarnassus is to me is that level of awesome. Um, where Ozma was like had this RNG mechanic with the the sphere and the changing and everything like that. Halicarnassus very much had the same thing. Also, I mean, it was different levels of gameplay types where, you know, you were 
you had to choose between like moving Halicarnassus one way and then like then you had to dodge like AOEs and and there was only one square open to you and then you had to dodge her AOE with it so you had to tank her in the perfect spot and then you were teleported to the the sand maze and figure that out <laughs> um so it it was smart smart fight ingenious fight um and also still more kick throwbacks and nostalgia to uh and the interdimensional rift because with halicarnassus we did see a, like and for those of you who don't know like the 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 tower the castle the tower the uh halicarnassus inside um and then the desert are all part of the interdimensional rift from five like those are all throwbacks that so you may think they're like oh these are just places but they're all they're all callbacks to five so just just so you know where we're heading. <laughs> um, and I think we both agree that that was a fun fight. I don't think you would disagree with that. Oh, no, absolutely. That was my favorite fight of the four. Uh, and well. One of the better story mode fights in the game, period. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It, so, uh, and last but not least, this just jumps us right into... Uh, and w- Something I didn't expect. Like, I, I, I knew... <laughs> Which is weird to say, but I was like, all right, I wasn't expecting this person so soon. But X Death. Last, yeah. I was shocked. I was like, I thought that would have been the the last, the last, the last guy. Yeah, I expected it would either be, um, you know, the second tier of Omega or the final tier next to last fight. Like before you fight Omega itself, you'd fight X Death. But to get X-Death as the last fight of the first tier like that, that was like, oh, holy shit. I did not expect that. I did not see that coming. I was just really, really excited. Yeah. Now, um, X-Death mechanics, yet again, pulled from the game, if you remember how his fights went. Um, We wiped like the first three times. We're like instantly. We're trying to figure out, like, me and the other tank were just like... We're getting, I'm getting a stack of lightning and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And like, it still said like, we're like thunder three. I was like, all right, then I'll watch the other thunder three and the other thunder three happen. And I was like, this one's different. Why is this different? We could <laughs> not like, we're like trying to figure it out. We're all yelling at each other. We're like, it's he, then my one friend was like, he was doing fire three. He's like, he's doing fire three. Hold on. And he was like, boom. And he's like, now he's doing another fire three. He's like, what the fuck? And, and then he hits it and he hits it in a different way. He's like, I don't get it. He's like, I just don't understand. He's like, he, then he, we, we're all like, like, is this all a translation, like a localization error? <laughs> he just fucked up and it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> nope. Nope. They did the thing. We're like, wait a minute. He's sucking power from the void. And when that happens, it's AOE. And if he does just cast it, then it's single target. Oh, we're just dumb. We're just like we none of us paid attention to the fact that he was just sucking out void juice. <laughs> yeah, you know, our group made the same mistake. I mean, we right, didn't good. wipe, but we came really close. I mean, at first we were like, "What is the difference between these attacks? Which attacks are we supposed to go one way for? Which ones are we supposed to go another way for? Why am I frozen all of a sudden by this ice three attack? What the hell is going on here?" And it, it was kind of cool though, because I mean, he kind of says it, and you kind of see the little difference in animation when he touches the void and the, you know the void power going through him and everything, but. It was still kind of cool, especially when you're first trying to do it. You don't really know what's going on, even if you have the FF5 reference. So it was kind of, it was a fun little challenge and a little set of confusion early on. Yeah, and the tank swap was really nicely done. Um, my The only thing I think we, we had issues with was when he popped, like when he was about to char- charge the Thunder 3 AoE bubble, you didn't know how far you had to run out. 
Like you yeah. just like you're just like, all right, I think I'm far enough. Like you think you're like just right outside the bubble and then you still got hit with it. And you're like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> like I wish I wish there was some sort of tele I mean, it's cool. Like I you didn't want to give telegraphs, that's awesome. And it was cool. It was interesting to see like, all right, the AOE blizzard's coming, so don't like move move around or it's like that way you get hit or fire threes how I many stand still and don't do anything so you don't like so once you knew the dance, X Death was fairly easy. Um yeah. So, and then I got the minion. So. <laughs> oh well, excuse me. Yeah, I, I, I was not so lucky. I rolled a two. <laughs> oh no, we that minion drops, and I rolled a ninety-seven, and I just typed, "Good luck, everybody." <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then my one of my friends is like, "What'd you get?" I was like, "A 90-70 he Looks. He's like, "Well, fuck." He's like, "If I roll a ninety-eight, you're screwed." I'm like, "Well, that that wouldn't be not normal for me." <laughs> so <laughs> that would. Remember the great uh, Bismarck burb of <laughs> last last uh, oh, couple God, months ago. Uh, <laughs> so uh, difficulty wise, I think once you knew the fight, it was okay. It wasn't too bad. I th- it was pretty, but still a fun fight. But difficulty, I was like, all right. I think up until you knew the fight, it was ridiculous. Um, like I said, my group had so much confusion. The first part we were okay in. The second half of the fight, when he starts putting the various uh, orbs out there and you can't touch any of them, and then when he does the uh, uh, decisive battle attack and you have to go to that one area and he's got the AOE in the middle of the mine AOE and you got to kind of stay away from that and get out of the AOEs, uh, that part got really hectic. I ended, up dying, I ended up dying like a half dozen times in that part of the fight alone. And then there was the part that, you know, if you didn't notice, the uh, arena opens up so you can fall off. Yep. I didn't notice that, so I just kept running, and then, oh, wait, shit. <laughs> uh, I noticed that, too, and then we realized, because there was that one point where he did the pushback, and we're like, uh-oh. <laughs> like, this is my first yeah. thought. I was like, mm, he's doing a pushback. I wonder. And I, and I was like, and then I saw the barriers for all my guys. Watch out. Our first time, we got all knocked off. I was like, all right, well, we got to figure this out. But then once you figure it out that it's not that bad of a pushback, and you just got to get really close. Mm-hmm. Like, not like tight and close, but close. <laughs> close. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you don't have to be right under his nutsack, but you got to be right there so you don't get fly right off. But uh, it was a fun fight. Like, yet again, like, I think the all, like, just like the, the last three, I think it was a fun fight. And I think once you knew the dance, difficulty wise, I think Halicarnassus was maybe still a little touch harder than x death was once you but it, it was one of those things once you learned it then it was like all right then i see what this is yeah i'd agree with that x death is again like i said until you understand it it's a little more confusing slash difficult but once you get the mechanics it's yeah okay that's not that's nothing yeah but all in all i think overall the first floor of omega is a good entry port point for rating i think if they were if they're goal was to reinvigorate the rating scene to get or to get people into rating this is a good way of going about it i still have issues with how they handle rating but as a difficulty point and getting people into into rating i'll say this if you're if you have rate anxiety if you're afraid of rating uh if you don't think you'll be if you can't keep up if you've completed if you've went through uh the Shinryu and and uh, Sasano and Lakshmi, you can easily, especially Shinryu. If you can handle Shinryu and you got past that, um, you can easily handle these bosses um, and and start getting some some 
320 gear pieces. Um, so I, I would say uh, don't be afraid to jump in. I would say, you know, maybe ask a couple friends and see if they'll go with you or ask your FC and, and make that jump. I think that you're, you'll have a good time. I don't think this is going to be like where Alexander won, where someone you're going to have like the third boss. Although the third boss was, I would think, the more difficult of all the bosses. Um, Pepsi Man. <laughs> but it's not going to be a stopping point for raid groups and be a raid, like an, a static killer. So. Um, see, I, I'm, I'm kind of two minds of it. Um, on the one hand, I think story mode version of it, the, the version we got here, is definitely more friendly for casual players and people who just want the story, people who just want to go through the fights, want to see what happens here, what the story is with Omega. I think the fights are fun. I think they're engaging enough to keep people invested in doing them again and again. For raid purposes, I don't know how much it's going to tell us because Savage Mode is likely going to be a lot different in terms of the fight structure, in terms of how the mechanics work, in terms of how punishing it is, especially in terms of how punishing it is. So I think we're going to have to wait until we see extra, until we see what the Savage Mode is like in order to get a really good idea of what that raid content is going to be, especially if you're a hardcore or midcore raider. I, the mode we got here is probably just kind of filling the gap for a couple of weeks, but the mode you're really looking forward to is to see how hard this is going to be, how this is really tuned in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, so I, I do, I, <laughs> we have other stuff on the docket. Don't worry, but I do want to talk about this a little bit. I, I this is why I called in the LBR. Um, and, 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 and Scarlett and I talked a little bit before the show about this as well. Um, I come from rating scenes where I'm very much like, I love scenic views and, and stuff like that. And, uh, I described Omega perfectly and, and I know this because LBR is like, that's the most perfect analogy we've ever heard. I was like... I got praised by LBR. Everybody, look at me. <laughs> Just kidding. Heaven's open. <laughs> 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 Trumpets open. The salt primal. Like Mr. Nero himself is like, fucking, that's smart. But I was right because it, this, it, what this was is a, a 90s movie about being in a video game. <laughs> and I'm not wrong about that. <laughs> um, but I will say this. like, I think they had an opportunity to let us... I, I get that we're in the Matrix or whatever the hell have you. <laughs> like, we were all jacked in and we were just teleporting to these fights. But I think it would have been cool for us to explore, like, this digital, like, Delta Scape or whatever and have us run up to these bosses. And I think that would have been really cool. And I feel like, I still feel like, I like the Alliance Raids and I wish we had what we had with the Alliance Raids where we travel from point A to the end point And it's like, we see all these zones and these beautiful vistas and stuff. Like, I wish that was in the eight-man raids. And if Shin was here, Shin would be the first one to be like, oh, mobs are pointless or useless. Like, I mean, they're not if they're dropping materia or if they're dropping glamour pieces or stuff that random, like random drops that could be feeding the the community into wanting to be like, all right, well, let's like, for example, and I'll say this, there was a glamour, like what, what Warcraft considers are glamour. There was a shirt, right? Uh, mm -hmm. And it was a pink shirt, a pink. And there's the only pink shirt in the game. It dropped off a mob, off a dog, and the dog was it was in uh, Ice Crown Citadel. And if anybody in chat, if you played WoW, you'll you'll know what I'm talking about. But it was on these two like two different dogs. Like the the female like the female zombie dog would have her pink ribbon, 
And if if you and it was such a low drop, it was like three percent drop chance. That shirt would sell for millions of gold because it was sellable. But most people kept the damn thing because it was so rare, and they everybody wanted the pink shirt. And I'm like that, like stuff like that. You don't you don't think people will continue to raid your raids after the fact? I guarantee they will because I did for. Four years after that raid was released, I would go back in there for two things, the mount and that pink shirt, because it was so rare. And I was like, I want the pink shirt. I don't care. My orc wants to put my orc warrior named flat as one of the pink shirt because I wanted the pink shirt. I wanted to be the orc warrior and the pink shirt because that's the type of man I am. <laughs> and I was like, I don't get judged by a pink shirt. I'll still leap across this room and kill you. <laughs> I don't play WoW, but I would probably go out of my way to get that pink shirt just to do my uh, Vegeta cosplay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it would be perfect for it. I, I would totally go out of my way, even if I, you know, had done the fight a hundred times, whatever, just to get that shirt, because that that's that's an incentive to me to do something that would be kind of funny, kind of goofy, but still kind of a sign that you got this. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and, and like, that's what I that's what I liked. I'm like, I liked that the raids were explored. Like, they were these massive zones that you could go and explore. You could... To me, it felt more a part of the world. Like I understand, like the Delta Escape is like a digital space, and that I get. But it almost begs the excuse of like, well, since the digital space, like there is no place for you guys to run around, like Alexander or like like Binding Coil, where these physical places. This isn't physical, so this doesn't exist. Sure, but then that begs the question. I'm like, are these then raids or just hey, we made four trials based on Final Fantasy V with cool like a, a side story. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of of two minds of it. Um, I like that, you know, in terms of when you get to probably the Savage portion, you're probably going to want to skip some of the mobs and some of the other stuff, but they could do that automatically anyway. But for these fights in particular, you know, when we did Coil, you had little parts leading up to each of the big fights that were kind of, you kind of got to see around the area, look around as you were fighting, take pictures. Um, when you were doing Alexander, even, there were parts before a lot of the fights where you know, some of the areas were kind of ugly, but that like uh, A7, when you have to go down those uh, and you slide down those railways, you got to see the huge city in the background. Yeah, we were playing Sonic uh, from Dreamcast. <laughs> You're right, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're skating on the rails. I mean, yeah, exexactly. But I mean, that part is like really fucking cool. And you see that and you're like, okay, I can, you kind of get a sense of where you're at. It helps the ambiance. It helps with the get get a, in tune with the environment that you're in. And I feel like they could have done that with this. Because, you know, you go in the castle, you go, or you're on top of the castle, you go in the dungeon, you go inside the castle, and then you do the final fight. Why couldn't you have some, like, areas walking to, from one place to another, or running from that place to another, having a few fights? Maybe, you know, God forbid Gilgamesh comes in at some point, because, you know, FF5, um, just to stop in before the fight with X-Death. You, you can have little things like that that would add a little more immersion to it and a little more excitement to the, fight, to the whole run instead of just making it, you know, here's your fight. Yes, uh, I, I will also say this. Like speaking of Gilgamesh, like I remember someone, and it could have been Yoshi. I don't want to quote <laughs> that, but I remember someone saying like, "Oh, Gilgamesh would make an appearance," and and I was thinking, I'm like, you know what? If 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 a, a famed warrior that would be able to uh, uh, jump through rifts showed up anywhere, it would be in this raid. <laughs> so yeah. So if I if I suspected that we would see Gilgamesh anywhere, it would be here. Now the question is, do we see Greg Gilgamesh or do we do do we see a different Gilgamesh? I, that's my question. 
Like, it's still Gilgamesh, mm. but a different version of Gilgamesh. That's a good question. I, I can see arguments for either one. I'd like to see Greg that we get in the game right now, just because I think it would be kind of fun to have a little interlude in the fight before Axta. Oh, here's Greg coming. What am I doing here? Oh, well, fight you anyway. I have a little instance right there. Then yeah. go off and then fight Axta. That'd be, I, I would love that. I'd be kind of like just to be like, hey, it's you or like something like he points out. It's like, or I'd be funny if it was since it's from a different point in time or across space. I wonder if it would be a point where he's like, it's the same one, but he doesn't recognize you yet because he hasn't met you because it's like a yeah. like, that'd be interesting. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, and listen, that to me, like what I was saying is just it's a it's a thing that they could fix legitimately in the future. Like I. I don't know how they spend their funding or their development or anything like that. And I know shouldn't probably be proud of me for saying, like, I don't know how they spend their development money and where that money's going. Uh, so I will say this. If the time, if it's a time constraint to do that and you're building, and I've said this before, but if you're building new products or I'm not products, but um, new content for us, if you're letting people skip, that's fine. I don't care. Like we, we, we were Shin and I were supportive of the jump potion. Shin a little less than me, but still, we're like it, it doesn't affect us in the long run. Um, mm -hmm. But but you have plenty of content, tons of content between level one and level sixty. You're selling jump potions. If you're making new content, please for for every player that is level seventy right now, concentrate on the end game player base. Um, if you're going to do stuff for the gold saucer, that's one thing. But if you're going to do stuff that's actual content, make sure it's for the people that are at level 70 to give them something to do that holds their attention, that makes them want to stay in your game longer. Um, because I have a theory, um, and if you're a Buffy fan, it's not bunnies, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, that Warcraft, and I, and I say this as a player and watching, I still watch Warcraft news, but Warcraft's development cycle is changing. Um, and this is, a, it should be worrisome for people that play this game because a lot of people will not play WoW and then come play this and then go play WoW. But now WoW's coming out with expansion, I'm sorry, with, uh, content on a quicker scale and there's already talks of an expansion and that's Legion was released last year and they still have content coming out for the, that expansion. And if they were say that they're announcing an expansion this year, well, announce the expansion but release it the same time frame that they did legion and they have content to cover that time gap that's worrisome and you can't you can't let us slip because people eventually won't come back because they'll just be like well i'm getting my content fill from wow so that's my thought so i mean that's true um they do have to keep in mind that you know, the people at Blizzard are adapting and WoW is adapting and becoming a little more like FF14 in that regard in terms of trying to get content out there a little more consistently. But again, it becomes a thing of adaptation. WoW started to do something similar to 14. 14 needs to kind of take another step, kind of needs to make sure that they keep their game up, keeps going and providing content for its players. I mean, yeah, they've done some stuff for bringing, you know, lower level players up to speed, but yeah, they can do a lot for, uh, level 70 players, not only for the Raiders, not only the hardcore Raiders. I mean, they're doing some stuff now. They got super savage coming out in uh, 4.1, but you want to make sure you have content for mid core players for casual players, all of which are still at level 70. You've got to address the needs to all of your player bases. Yep. I don't know what that is yet. I, I, I even saw on Twitter 
uh, someone who played both still plays WoW and Final Fantasy, um, was like, I wish there was uh, like in Warcraft. There's a a, a monthly um, f- uh, f- carnival you can go to called the. Uh, let's see if I remember the name of it. Uh, the Dark Moon Fair. And you go there, it's fun. They have mini games. Uh, you can get uh, bonuses to like your crafting. Like you can level crafting quick, pretty like get some bonus level uh, crafting levels there pretty quick. Um, you get bonus levels to XP. Like you can get an XP buff there for riding rides. And there's a PvP yeah. arena in that place. You can get like cool minions. And they're like, I wish there was something like this in this game. I'm like, I agree. I wish there was something like I. I want to <laughs> see more stuff like that. <laughs> like, like, like stuff that connects you and that's fun and weird stuff. Like. So that's that's where I'm at with that. So uh, but I'm going to pin put a pin on that. I'm going to make a whole show. Yeah. I'm going to make a whole show about holidays and interesting things, because I think Shin will have a lot to say on that, too. Wait, wait <laughs> for that. I'm show. Sure he has a lot of ideas Be- because Shin comes from EverQuest 2. And if you've never played EverQuest 2, like every month, there's a, like they they still develop brand new holidays for that game. And when they develop a new holiday, oh, like, wow. a, yeah. And the fact that they even spend time, sometimes they even do hot. They'll take an old holiday, update it, and GMs will still come into the game and like make things happen. Like so, that's so interesting to me that they'll still do that in Ever in EverQuest too. Like GMs will show up in the game and make changes and start races and and, st- and throw like costume parties and stuff like that. Like I'm not saying that's not it's crazy, but I'm saying that's a thing that happens. I love that kind of interaction. I I would love to see something like that in FF14. That yeah. would be wonderful. Shit, I remember when I like you know you remember like you talked to WoW like GMs and stuff, and they'll write like. Like they're like by the light of the moon, <laughs> like like I'm like you're like thanks for helping me get my my lost deleted gear back. They're like see you friend in the adventure. I'm like all right, take stay, take a back step. It's like one like one step back, Steve. <laughs> a little, a little too much today. All right, well let's ju- let's jump into uh, an interesting story uh, about housing on Mateus. Uh, so uh, there was, uh, well. I, there was a, a, a buy-up, apparently, on Mateus. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so, uh, well, you, I mean, you brought this up to me, so you want to go ahead and uh, tell everybody what's going yeah. on? Sure. Um, okay, so prior to, you know, 4.0, uh, the devs came up with the idea that, you know, you could have congested servers and there's also servers that are more favorable and you could transfer from the bigger ones, like say Balmung or Gilgamesh onto some of the smaller servers that could use more people like, um, Coral, Mateus, stuff like that. Um, a lot of the people that did that transferred over because they thought, you know, okay, uh, I want to get a new house. I can't get a house on Balmung. The place has been stacked for ever. And, you know, I don't want to wait till new housing comes in. So I'm going to go to Mateus. I'm going to buy a house. It'll be cheap. It'll be easy. Everything will be set. Problem is a group of them came to Mateus and they found out that one of the uh, housing ward districts was bought out completely by two people. And this had happened well before um, the transfers started and anything else. This is back when Mateus was really a almost borderline dead server. Uh, so these people went out and bought basically the entire housing district, uh, housing ward district. And there's like 28 places or something like that. And the people came transferred in, they found that, and it became a kind of a shitstorm of people 
saying, why do these players buy up all the houses? This is ruining our ability to buy houses for the game. We have a right to houses. And the players who bought the houses originally were like, well, we bought this when it was dead and we wanted to play the game this way. There was no reason for us to not do this. So why are you hating on us so much? And it just became this whole back and forth and it got really ugly. People started insulting each other. Um, it got bad enough that even some professional websites noticed it. Uh, Kotaku wrote an article, like you mentioned about it, about the whole housing situation. So, I mean, it, it really highlighted kind of a, a major issue within a smaller community. And people are still kind of divisive about how it should, how it should have been handled and how it should be handled going forward. So, I don't know. What do you think about it? Uh, so yeah, you hear me? Hi, sorry. Uh, <laughs> that was my fault. Um, so, uh, Did I do something wrong here? No, you didn't. Uh, what, I was, what I was saying is that if, you, if as a developer, if you allow people to be give them the ability to buy more than one property in one house in your game, and the people, the player can do that and has the means of doing that, they're not in the wrong. You, I mean, you could sit there and bitch at them all you want, but they're not in the wrong because the developer gave them the freedom to do that. If those houses were sitting empty and nobody bought them up and they they waited an amount of time, which I read the Kotaku uh, article, um, and they, they said it, like the stuff was sitting there for years empty. Just because yeah, and that you, you eh. like. Then one of two things needs to happen. Rather, is rather Square needs to go in and say, "All right, well, we need to limit. We need to li limit the amount of houses people can buy down to one or two. You can have an FC house and you can have a personal house, and that's it. Um, or, or you open more housing wards and figure that out." <laughs> yeah, which keep in mind, um, new housing wards are coming in in four point one. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is that I think people were, knew that the new housing boards were coming in, and since the whole like staggering of uh, being able to buy them, I think people. I wonder if people were trying to buy houses, knowing that like, all right, what I'll do is I'll buy a house cheap, and then come Shirogane time, I'll I'll just move it over, and then I can sell my Shirogane plot for Buku dollars, um, which is not that's frowned upon by the way i don't <laughs> uh we were yeah. talking we we're talking about that in my fc chat and they were saying uh, actually and i i don't think my fc chat realized that you can buy more than one house but yeah you can uh clearly you can um so th if that's the case yeah somebody you're right the, right now if this if this was the case that they bought this in lieu it like in terms of for picking up the houses in shiragane then yeah absolutely i would be pissed too if that was the case, if they were just like, no, we just bought these houses because they were just sitting here and fuck it. And all right, well, then I'm not mad. But it, if they turn around and, uh, you know, you know, house flip these pl <laughs> these places and, and pick up, you know, what, what was it like? Twenty houses or something like that. Twenty eight houses is what they have. Right yeah. Twenty eight houses and they all fl and they get twenty eight houses in Shiragane that then something something was afoot here, clearly. Because then, yeah. That's a profit for them at the end of the day if they sell these things. Which I'm sure at that point, um, GMs would probably get involved because if they're trying to sell that many houses, they're not going to get away with that. Yeah. So uh, my opinion on it is just, I mean, rather limit the amount of houses people can buy or or 
you know, you can't be mad at them if they did this before you decided to move to that server and you don't have a house. Like, they were in the right and they had the ability to do the thing. Um, if you can't expect people on a dying server that say, hey, listen, I have this amount of money just sitting here and I'm not, it's not doing anything. I can't collect any more of it. Let me buy a house. And then, oh, like, I got this amount of money again. Well, let me buy another house. Let me just buy, keep buying house. And then you're like, well, I got my own little shanty town, I guess. <laughs> so... Yeah, I mean, you got to keep in mind, people buy houses for different reasons. Some people buy them for activities. Um, you know, there's a stage reborn. They do their whole thing. They buy a bunch, probably have a bunch of housing areas for that. Or they would help to have a bunch of housing areas for stuff like that. Um, you got people who role play in the game. I mean, you can make jokes about Belmont all you want here. But there are a lot of, a lot of people in the game who do play and want to use housing areas for role play. They want an opportunity to do that. Buying more houses lets them role play in more places, lets them create more things. So there are legitimate reasons to want to have multiple houses. And, you know, I, I got to say, I was on Mateus for a good amount of time. I had an alt there for a couple of years. I still have another alt there, but I, I had a, like one of my main characters was on Mateus for a long time. The place was dead. There was no reason to believe that people were going to come in all of a sudden and, and that anybody was going to have a massive transfer situation like what we got now. And how the entire wards were completely unsold for a long time. And you've got a situation, a place like that. I mean, I can't really fault anybody for taking the opportunity and running with it if they got the money. Yeah, same. I mean, I mean, these these two players stuck it out on a dead server. I mean, kudos to them. I mean, they deserve buying the houses. I mean, you guys didn't want to be there in the first place, so don't don't get mad at them for taking up the land and buying the houses that they had the ability to do on a dead server. So yeah. I'm, Exactly. I mean, and, you know, going forward, I don't think they can really do anything in terms of limiting people who have stuff like housing now. I don't think you can tell somebody, you know, you can't have five houses, you can't have 20 houses, you can only have one. But I think going forward, when Shiragana comes in, I think it might be best or in their best interest if they limit it to one house per account and one per FC and keep it like flat like that because yeah. otherwise situations like this are going to keep happening again. I and mean, I'm sure sometime in the future we'll get another housing district somewhere. And when that happens, I mean, we're going to have the same situation to all. Agreed. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I'm not, I'm not too bummed out about it. I know some people are, but I listen, if you're on that server and you think I'm wrong or you think I'm insane, you send us, send us an email at show at maelstromradio.com. Tell me, tell, I mean, if you're there, honestly, like if you feel like you, you're getting screwed out of a house and I, I know that you, maybe you're not going to be able to get a house in Shiragane, but maybe you will. I don't know. So send me a message. Uh, tell me if I'm right or wrong, or if you agree or disagree, let us know. I, I'm really interested in what people have to say about that one. Um, also, if you, what your thoughts are on the rating as well. I'm kind of interested in that. And uh, last but not least, I think we'll roll through this one pretty quick. Uh, yeah. Just player, player sentiment um, of Stormblood. Uh, it's a mixed bag currently. <laughs> um, I, not, not to say that it's good or bad. I just think maybe it, it's different. Like, I feel like it's different than it was in Heaven's Word. Uh, like at the end of the first couple months. <laughs> I mean, it's, I think the big thing is that the player base is maybe a teeny bit more jaded or more cynical than they were before. But I also think that the expectations have risen as well, because, you know, when we went into 3.0, we didn't know what 
an expansion was going to be like for this game. We didn't know what was ahead of us. With 4.0, we kind of know exactly what's ahead of us, and the format kind of looks the, or not the exact same, but very similar to that of 3.0. So I, I, I think there are raised expectations and a fan base that is kind of expecting and or demanding more. Not in terms of, like, we need you to be better, but we, we need to see certain efforts being made in certain areas. And some don't necessarily feel that, that's been achieved. Some think it has been achieved. Um, yeah, it, it is kind of mixed right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I, I, I'm probably in that party. And as much as I love the game, like I log in every day, I stream it, for, you know, and I do the show. And that's not changing. Like, don't take what I'm about to say as as that changing. Um, but it, it's Shin, I think, is probably in the same boat. Like, you got you to gotta be as a developer, right? Like, and, mm-hmm. and I think Shin would say this, you know, be proud of me for saying this as well, but like, <laughs> I've, I've seen Shin apply for a new job because he was like, I'm not being as a developer. I, I don't, I'm not getting what I want out of this company because I'm not expanding my horizons or trying new things or getting a chance to do, develop something new. And to me, the developers of this of this MMO need to like I don't and I don't I don't want to say it's Yoshi P. I want to say that I think I think maybe I don't know if they were trying to fix stuff or they're con- really concentrating on that new content. I don't know where 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 it is right now. Like we and to be fair, and I, I will say this, nothing other than MSQ and the raid. I won't say any of that is really new content. I mean, it's a new story, yes. It's a new raid, yes. But is it new con- like new newer content to us? No, that's mm-hmm. it's still raid. It's still story. I'm talking about the stuff that we're gonna give you. We're taking away one dungeon so we can give you something new. Um, and that that new thing is the the thing that really needs to be where these developers need to stretch out and expand and 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 take chances. And and I'm not talking about like a vermilion chance. I mean, I'm talking about like a, not a vermilion chance. Yeah, yeah. But I'm talking about like an actual chance. Like, hey, we're gonna do something real crazy, or we're gonna do, oh, you know, oh, you guys really like the foxy lady and the Ixian. Well, check this out. We're gonna start rolling out. Like, if they said, hey, listen, the the plan is right now going forward, four point two, four point three. We're gonna make sure that we start adding uh, these massive boss fates. And they're going to be on different timers. Some of them are going to be hidden. You're going to have to do certain things to get these things unlocked. Or we're going to add a new zone. Yes. Like, that is the stuff that you want to hear. You want to talk about expansion. You want to talk about growing zones. You want to talk about adding new content. You want to talk about the lost content of Eureka and, like, what they're going to do there. Like, that's a perfect place to really let us don't do fates. Like, step away from fate. Like, not to say fates are bad, but, like... You could do people got something. tired of them. Yeah, yes, and and people are gonna get tired of them again. Like like look at Diadem, um, 1.0 versus 2.0. Like it, the the sentiment was like, oh, that's new and fresh, and let's go check it out. And they, like you know, like oh, airships are the reason to do this. But then now you look at it, you look at it now, and you're like, eh, what's the point of airships? <laughs> guess it's guess we can go send them out to go grab stuff. I guess. Yeah, um, they really didn't develop the whole airship thing as well as they could have I mean, you could have had airship battles or something like that and we never got that never and we never did and i i mean like as as a, and i know if you're a, a, a 
a regular here, you you heard my whole rant about FCs and how FCs can be better. And I promise you, Shin and I are still writing that uh, lovely forum post that we're going to put up and explaining in de- great detail how you could fix FCs and make the, the FC world better. Um, first of all, in-game calendar that you can schedule things with your raid group, that would be fantastic. Or just your entire FC would be fantastic. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's the one, like that's the first thing I want. I was like, listen, please, for the love of mercy, please just give us an in-game calendar that I can right-click and say, these people at this time, please show up for this raid. And are you going to be in? Yes, yay or nay? That's it. That's all I want. <laughs> Would be nice. Oh, it's such a quality of life change. Um, <laughs> like, and then like, all right, you chilling chat that shooting mini game one in Vermilion. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what shooting game in Vermilion? What are you talking about, Chili? <laughs> Chili, yeah, I'm chili, not sure about a Vermilion. Chili, chili, are you playing Vermilion? <laughs> Tune over there. Does it change? Does it become like a shooting game all of a sudden in the middle? Like, does it become FPS, like Call of Duty? I, he might be referring to during the MSQ those uh, parts with Yugiri where you're like putting um, blow darts into various Starlian soldiers. He yep. might be referring to that part. And that, that part was okay. kind of cool. I, I did like that. Yeah, and I and we talked about that. Like they really are. They they stepped away from a lot of the. Go here, come back to this person, deliver this, talk to that guy, person. Quest. It was a lot. I felt I was actually killing things and doing stuff, and like I felt the quests were a little more meaningful this time around. Um, yeah, I remember. I remember the sheep and the darts. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'd have to agree that there were. It, it was a little more variety in terms of interaction and things outside of just the standard msq you know back and forth back and forth um in terms of sentiment i I actually kind of disagree with you a little bit on this one um i find myself wanting to come back every day play as much as i can because there's so much to do even right now i mean you know part of it's because i have a bunch of alts and you know i play forever on those but i mean between running omega or doing uh stuff with the x primals um you know, the various hunts, the fates, there's still a decent amount to do. And I really liked a lot of the changes made during Stormblood. I think the presentations improved dramatically. I think from a, just a user perspective, it, it's more fun to go around and do stuff here. I, I, I think it's fixed a lot of issues in terms of story progression, though it has a couple of issues at the end, but I won't get into that today. Um, I think going forward though, yeah, if it's just like it is right now, it's not much different than what we've had before. I think uh, people are going to get really upset if going into 4.1, 4.2, so on, we don't see anything different. But like you said, um, you know, Eureka is coming. Uh, we have that special content that nobody has seen before in an MMO that Yoshi keeps yeah. talking about. I'm I mean, we've really been about that forever. Yep. I mean, <laughs> you better sell but, me on that. I mean, he's been saying that song. We've and we've gotten nothing to this point, but it's supposed to be coming, so we really need to hear about that soon. God, I hope that's um, not Blitzball. I really hope that's. I hope like if it's I, Blitzball. I'm gonna throw something at the screen. <laughs> hope it's not Blitz, like, listen, I'm not saying I don't want Blitzball. I'm just saying I hope that's not Blitzball. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, give Blitzball in addition to that. Yes. And you know, new Aquapolis is coming, new Palace of Dead, which I still think is that large tower in uh, the Ruby Sea. So do I. You and I agree with that. Shin's not here, but he said no. He kept telling me no. I'm like, Shin, it's that, it's that damn tower. I'm telling you, we're going to be Jenga See, up to the top. Yeah. I think I think we're going up the Jenga tower. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, but I mean, so there, there's a lot of stuff like that that's coming, and I think right now we don't know enough about it. I think that it would 
behoove Yoshida and the devs in general to kind of give us a little hint, start start telling us a little more. I mean, you, you can focus on Savage next because that's coming right up. But after Savage comes out, there's probably a month and a half where we don't really have any big news until 4.1. Mm-hmm. And I will say this, like, I know you're probably going to have uh, this one coming up next week, but then after that, you're going to have another uh, live letter. Sure. Mm-hmm. That being said, um, I would say even now, if you can hint or give a taste of what that might be, or 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 uh, even if it's like a you show us like a, like oh here's here's a mount that comes from this new content that we're developing, or here's this piece of gear that from the like something that's like oh man that really whets the appetite of what that could be or what this could be leading to, um, mm-hmm. and it, you got to start teasing it now. See because if you like, here's the thing like you have to start teasing some stuff now to keep people invested in in like all right well i'm gonna stick around right i'm still gonna give you my 15 bucks a month and i'm gonna wait it out because what you're showing me now is a little taste i'm gonna hear more about it sure i'm in um and i'm down for that and and, and don't get me wrong like yet again i i log in every day i stream the game i've been doing pvp i got my uh, golden pipe this past week i have 19 more wins to get my uh, rigo now I'll, I'll nice. get my, yeah I'm gonna like and I that's something that's changed that that's a positive change for me PvP is such a positive change I've worked to get my mounts that's something I did on stream I was like I'm gonna do it I'm like I'm I'm, I'm having such fun doing PvP that these Garo mounts that you put in I'm like I'm gonna get all fucking three of these goddamn mounts <laughs> that's gonna happen and I'm like if you can make that sort of change and 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 it resonates so well with the community. I'm giving you a lot of leeway and I hope, you know, Square takes that and they're like, well, if we can do this and, and people can run with that, I'm like, I, I, I want to trust you. Like, I like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I don't. It's like, I want to trust you guys and, I, and I'm and i giving you my trust. I've given my trust to other MMO companies before and they've crushed my hopes and dreams and <coughs> rift and... <laughs> Or, you know, or anything touched by EA. But I blame EA. I never blame the companies. I blame EA for that. Because uh, That's uh, fair. That's fair. Uh, because, for example, like Warhammer Online, which was one of the first games to have, like, these open... Uh, like, they had Fates, but they were called... Uh, I can't remember. They were, like, open, like, air vents. Remember, the like, the very first one in the Orc area was you had to get the, the giant drunk so he would bust open the Dwarf Fortress door so he could blow it up. <laughs> so... <laughs> And that was a lot of fun. It was voice acted. It was really, I'm like, this is great. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, so, I mean, what, so yet again, um, oh no, Chili. No, here's a new hairstyle based on the new minion game. Please no, Chili. <laughs> why, why you do this? Bad Chili, no. <laughs> no, no. Uh, leak, Chili, please. Yeah. Uh, leak in chat. I got to do the store agony ant side quest. Uh, leak, send me. Tell me where I get started. Leak on Twitter. Tell me where I need to start that. If you say I got to do it, I'll I'll go do it. Maybe it's good. Maybe may, do I get do I get a minion? Because I love minions. I want otter otter. <laughs> <laughs> I got a level fishing for that guy. So, <laughs> um, so I yet again show at maelstromradio.com. Tell us what's your sentiment right now. Do you, are you not liking where where Stormblood is? Do you think it's going to be more the same? Are you holding out hope that this new content is going to be what we need? Are you excited about maybe the PvP that's coming in 4.1, which I think I wish kind of was coming out during the Savage raids. I think that would have been a nice boost to the PvP community, but I'll take it as what we can. 
Um, it's in Reunion. All right, I'll 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 go check it out. Um, so that being said, uh, Scarlett, do you have any final thoughts on anything we discussed today? Or um, Yeah, uh, you know, we kind of talked about, uh, we talked about a lot with Omega. Yeah. But I, I did want to add that the fact that we got FF5 in this format at, in one where, you know, they can recreate fairy tales or, you know, cre- and come up with these digital programs that of these bosses, however, whatever Omega wants to basically create, it can. I think that that's a great opportunity for the remainder of the raid tier, because one of the things that a lot of people want in this game is they want to see a lot of bosses from other uh, Final Fantasies. You know, I, there's the whole nostalgia kick in it. But one of the problems with that is, in terms of the general story, you can't have X-Death, Kefka, Sephiroth, any of those characters really fit into the world of Final Fantasy XIV on their own. It really wouldn't work well to see them there in fights like that. Now you have Omega, where you can create these characters, have them limited to a specific area so they can technically exist in this world without existing in the actual storyline main quest of the game. So this kind of gives an opportunity to have any world available, any fight available for for the remaining two tiers of Omega. And I'm really excited about that. Um, personally, I'm hoping that the second tier of Omega is based off Final Fantasy VIII. I kind of want to go to Ultimachia's Castle, and that, I think that would make a great environment there. I'd love to have some of the fights there. I'd love to fight her. Maybe I'm a lion playing as the final battle. I, I, I think that would really kick ass. And, you know, that's just complete, you know, hope and no, no basis in fact. But the fact that this is an opportunity and something we can have happen and have discussions about that kind of stuff, I think is wonderful. And it just really gets me hyped up for this tier going going forward. Yeah, and I agree with you there. Like, I, I know a lot of people are like, well, they're just trying to tug on the nostalgia strings. I'm like, there's, uh, there, what is the whole saying? Like, there's there's power in nostalgia, and there is. There's mm-hmm. a lot of, like, throw throw Final Fantasy VII bosses in there and tell me people aren't going to flip their shit. They're going to flip their shit in. Like, you throw Sephiroth in there, they're going to be like, oh my god, Sephiroth! <laughs> like, and you yeah, play, I, mean, for- I was going to say, you throw in, like, a re- like you have, uh, you know, you have like a nice, like redone version of like one winged angel. <laughs> I mean, it, it, the prospect of facing Kafka in Omega eight or something to me alone would be like the greatest thing in the world. Like, Holy shit, I'm fighting Kafka. And, and you know, yeah, nostalgia does play a role in it, but also some of these bosses are fucking awesome. And they were, there's a reason that we love them in the first place. So seeing another take on them and having to fight them like this, it, it's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> it, it is it is really interesting um I, I i mean i agree like my my qualms with like i said my qualms with rating aren't with the bosses or the 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 story um it is with i i would like to see more of the places we're in because i think that's interesting visually i want to see more so that's where yeah i agree there so um I, I honestly I'm excited I want to see what bosses we have next I would like to see Greg I would like to see I would like to see something big so maybe maybe we actually fight Omega or a giant TV screen or something like I don't know but um, I don't know I'm kind of excited I would I would like to see at the end that we're going through like different uh, like we have to run through maybe like different dimensions and stuff like that maybe like i'd be crazy uh, that to me that'd be kind of a nuts fight but 
if you I, make, I, I'd be down for something like right? that. Right? Like, I think the last fight should be something, like, really, out, like, stellar and, like, out of this world where you have to go through different dimensions. And uh, to me, that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like the ending scene in Hackers where they're, like, sending, like, like Cookie Monster and, like, they're trying to figure it out. And they're, like, you're, you know, it's just me on the Hackers movie. <laughs> it's just me. It's just me. It's just me. It was me all along. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just me in the 90s. It's it. All right. Um, well, that's I think that's all we have here today for Maelstrom Radio. I want to thank uh, Scarlett for coming on and joining me um, for doing the show. I'm sorry Shin wasn't here. I, you know, Shin, Shin, and Shin wasn't watching. He's uh, actually his uh, friends in uh, the Bay Area that he hasn't seen in a long time, too. I'm completely okay with that. It, if anybody deserves a, a break and a weekend and uh, some time away from doing stuff, it's Shin. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's I, it, hopefully next time I'll be able to come on again sometime, and Shin will be on there as well, and we can all have a nice long discussion about Omega's second tier. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Um, and then Shin will tell you about like why a developer can and cannot do things. <laughs> My favorite part is when I tell him, like, hey, you know, it'd be cool if they did this. And he's like, well, development wise, they probably can't do that. And then they do it. And he's like, damn it, you're right. <laughs> I was like, ah, <laughs> proved you wrong. Take that, developer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> Throw finger guns. All right. Uh, thank you so much. So, uh, real quick, I do want to give uh, yet again, uh, Scar, where, where can they find you? What, you know, I. I I hear. I mean, have you have you done anything about your podcast? Anything yet about that? Uh, want to talk a little about the podcast thing? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, that that's still in progress. I'm still working on that a little bit. That will happen eventually. It, it is it is going to happen. But you know, I got some things I got to take care of first before I can get to that. Of course. Um, but in terms of where to find me, um, I can be found on Twitter, Twitch, um, Scar underscore L I T. So if you want to chat with me anytime, send me a tweet, uh, message me in Twitch or chat, wherever. Uh, happy to talk to anybody, uh, especially if it's about FF14. So, you know, give me a shout out. So uh, that brings us to the end of the show. But real quick before I go, I want to give uh, yet again another shout out for Scarlett for joining me and, and co-hosting with me today. Chili, I want to give a shout out to Chili. Uh, he... Uh, was gonna like I was gonna ask him as well, but Chili did like three podcasts this weekend, and uh, <laughs> and he's currently editing his one of his shows. So I told Chili to take the day off, <laughs> to play some uh, play some uh, Dragon Ball Z fighting games, and maybe edit a podcast himself. Uh, and uh, of course, I want to thank Shin, who's not here, but he's enjoying he's enjoying a plate that's on fire eating sushi. That I'm not sure how that works, but uh. Uh, yet again, <laughs> yet again um, if you can, go to the GoFundMe.com uh, forward slash uh, Sin Apparent Relief Fund. Um, like I said, share, subscribe, do, do something good uh, when you hear this. Uh, and do I have any? And also, I wanted, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, you, Flattis, for uh, oh. having me on. I really appreciate that. <laughs> oh, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> I, I would feel so bad if we went through this entire episode and I didn't say anything. I'd be like, oh my God, he's such an asshole. He didn't even thank me. No, no, no. I'm thinking you're right here, man. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate That's okay. Listen, I, I just assume everybody thinks I'm an asshole until they talk to me. <laughs> They're like, no, he's actually an asshole. Well, we can think you're an asshole, but we can also like you at the same time. It's kind of a love-hate, I love to hate relationship type thing. You know, that works. Yeah, what's, you know, what am I, chaotic good? That's probably where I'm at. What did I say uh, to Kosel or Sam on Twitter? I was like, 
I, I, I seem chaotic evil, but honestly, in real life, I'm chaotic good. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Um, that works. So, uh, real quick, I, and I want to show you guys, listen, I am so, yet again, deeply, deeply thankful for all the support we've been getting. Um, the fact that people... Um, are going out and listening and and finding our show and and mentioning us before other podcasts and not trying to say that that we're better than anyone else but when we're we're said hey listen I found Limit Break Radio and Maelstrom Radio my heart was like oh I had it like I got lightheaded I had to go take a sit I was like I can't <laughs> my heart <laughs> so weak so before I do that I'm gonna give you out the show promotion you can find us here Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern 5 Pacific today was a special episode so we can get Scarlet on the show um, tomorrow yeah. you're probably gonna be like what are you gonna do tomorrow at 8 o'clock Eastern 5 Pacific I may stream I may do a fireside chat uh, we have a fire pit by the FC house maybe I'll tell you about uh, I do a mini episode of Maelstrom Radio and tell you about how we almost weren't that's an interesting story. We almost weren't 44 episodes deep. Um, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you please can, and I will love you forever if you do this, but if you go to iTunes, give us a rating, uh, give us a, a response, and tell us if we're doing good, if we're doing bad, a one or five star. I don't care what you give us. Just give us something, because people find us that way, and that helps us out. Same with Google Play. Give us a thumbs up, or whatever there's system is shin knows more about their system than i do because i don't and then there's stitcher you can find us there as well um do us one more thing i promise i never ask for your money but if you do donate to us that's fantastic and i will stream always for you but if you can't donate to us and i completely understand i'm not going to ask you to do that what i will ask you to do is that you take time and if you think you have a friend that's in your fc if you have somebody that plays the game with you and you're like hey listen i love listening to this show i think you should listen to maelstrom radio too I told you earlier that word of mouth and, and power of word is important. Uh, not only I think that it's important to share Sinna's thing, but it's also important to share us because Shin and I want to grow. And for us to grow, we need more people listening. Um, I think we do a great show and I would like to share that with more people um, because we have a lot of cool stuff coming up. Um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that now. Uh, in the works right now, we have our new Twitch emotes being worked on. Uh, I talked to the artist uh, as my friend Meech. You're gonna see us promote the shit out of his stuff when it when uh, once we get that stuff done. Um, I'll let you guys know now that our three emotes are gonna be Johnny Falcon, <laughs> so that's official. Johnny Falcon, Yugiri's Falcon, Johnny Falcon's gonna be an emote. Uh, Toad Rogue, uh, Shin lovingly called ninjas Toad Rogues, uh, so we're gonna have a Toad Rogue um, emote. My and, favorite. Yep. <laughs> and last but not least. Uh, Great King Moogle Spud will be a an official <laughs> an official uh, Maelstrom Radio emote, and uh, that'll probably be the top tier emote. So if you want a little weird art version, and I'm I'm telling you guys, like this isn't like we're taking Photoshop and we're shrinking this down. Like uh, my friend Meech is an, a phenomenal artist out of Boston, and the fact that he's even working on it for us is amazing. Like I'm so thankful for him for doing that. He loves the fact that he he's like he, the first thing he said is like and we we believe in paying people for commission the first thing he said to me he's like you're my friend don't even worry about it just throw me some shout outs and stuff like that so i can't wait to share them with you guys i cannot wait i'm so excited um also maelstrom radio is going to get a facelift uh we're going to redo the art for maelstrom radio I, our, our iconic symbol our iconic background all of it's changing we're changing it for the better we we're trying to be more individualistic we don't want to be 
we we want to be Final Fantasy 14 podcast, but we don't want to scream Final Fantasy 14 podcast. If that makes any sense, <laughs> it's weird. But we're, we're we have our, our another our artist that does all this stuff for us is is currently trying to mock up designs, and we're gonna look into that. So I'm just trying to give you guys a heads up. If you start to see things change around here, no, it's for the better. The thing the content's not gonna change. You're still gonna get Shin. You're still gonna get me. The jokes are still gonna be here. It's still gonna be laughs and and information and something <laughs> that we do um but it's all changing um our our episode 50 is coming up we're going to put something together for that um and also there is a special episode i do have to content have to contact two guys you may know from the crucible to help us write it um but they're well put it together but there's going to be an, a special episode in game and that's all i'm going to say it'd be the first podcast we ever do in game and i will say this that be on the lookout for Shin, Flatus, and probably the Crucible, and maybe Musecast doing some acting. All I'm gonna oh say, yeah, that's gonna oh be. My. But we had we had this one planned for a long time. I haven't asked anybody yet, but I think it's gonna be a really funny episode, and a lot of it's gonna be improv. So I hope you guys enjoy, it, and I cannot wait to share that episode with you guys because uh, "Hello from the Drowning Wench" may be a thing you see. <laughs> please look forward to it please look forward to it so uh thank you all again and um you know go ahead do you want to say one more final goodbye before i mute you and start playing music and uh yeah uh thank you all for coming tonight everyone in chat you're all great tonight uh again flatus thank you for having me on this is a great show love chatting with you here this is good stuff and uh maybe sometime you and i will have to talk about uh Han Solo and Sexy Chewbacca. I'm telling people. Real quick, Final Fantasy XII, best two characters in that game are <laughs> Han Solo <laughs> and Sexy Chewbacca. And if you play Final Fantasy XII, you know who the fuck I'm talking about. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. Let me then do one of these and click on boop here. Play our outro. I'll make sure that you guys can hear it over here so thank you all for joining us for mail uh ugh. thank you all for joining us for maelstrom radio uh i want to thank scarlet again uh i want to thank shin i always thank everybody in chat that stopped to buy leak dragons on deck fag went we had a bunch of people in chat uh real chilly uh just thank you all for the support and uh you know till sea swallows all keep listening Maelstrom Radio is a production of MaelstromRadio.com, Blackfire Media Productions. Final Fantasy XIV and Eorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. Opening theme provided by Benjamin Anthony James. You can find more of their music over at SoundCloud.com forward slash Ben773. Our outro is provided by Sodo. You can find more of their music over at SoundCloud.com forward slash Sodo. Views and opinions expressed on this episode are those of Maelstrom Radio and their hosts, and do not reflect the views and opinions of Square Enix. And until C swallows all, keep listening.